Welcome to the Health and Harmony Podcast, where we discuss all things mind, body, and soul. Everything we delve into has the intention of helping you to create a healthy balance between your internal and external realities. We reveal the tools and techniques you'll need to expand your life and grow into the amazing and authentic person you are meant to be. Whether you've just started your journey or already on your way, we are here to help guide you with all of the information you'll need. Join us each week as we discuss the insights that will give you the guidance needed to help you on your journey. Welcome back to the Health and Harmony Goals podcast. Today we have a special guest on who we're super excited to chat with today. Her name is Thea Kama and she is a consciousness coach and author. I was going to read your bio, but I'm just going to go with it. And she's also the author of um, Rough Diamond, which is an incredible book that I have had the privilege to read. And um, we still going to get there, but we are super excited to, to chat to you today. Thank you so much for giving us the time to have you on our podcast. I'm really happy to be here. It's exciting. Amazing. So in the beginning, we always just like our guests to let our audience know who they are. Um, so you can introduce yourself in it whichever way you want to and feel comfortable to. I love that because, you know, people always say, who are you? And you're so many things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's hard to answer that. But in this context, you know, I'm coming to you as, as a healer, as an author, and um, and also, you know, as a coach, as a life personal life coach, and um, that's the context I'm coming to. But I'm also a mother. I have beautiful uh, pets and a pet owner, and I'm a conservationist. I love animals and and the nature and the wildlife, and um, so I've I've been involved in all those areas as well as women um, development. Uh, you know. Um, especially uh, along the lines of domestic abuse and what we are calling now gender-based violence today. Um, So yeah, um, I'm in all those spaces and I also am married into the royal family in in Botswana, the Kamas, and my husband is a a parliamentarian in in government here. Incredible. Incredible. Um, so I want to jump a little bit into your book because obviously that's how the universe has brought us together. Um, I don't know if you want to maybe just get, explain your book in whichever way you feel would be the perfect way to explain it so our audience has a better idea of what your book is about and then we can go and I've got a lot of questions I want to ask you from reading the book but obviously we're going to go along with the flow and see what comes up as we go. Well, um, the book title is, is Rough Diamond, the story of my adoption, adventures in the African bush, and spirit guiding me home. Um, so basically, it's, it's a memoir of my early years from, uh, bef- from in the womb, actually. I start there, uh, going up to my early 20s. Um, and I really lived a full life in that time, uh, traveling all over Africa with my, with my adoptive parents. Um, going through a lot of challenges in life that I think a lot of readers may have gone through themselves. Um, you know, abuses, different kinds of abuses and neglect is, is a big theme uh, in the book and how I overcame that in each moment. And so, yeah, so that's really what the message is, is to, to as a hope and overcoming and the light and how we can transcend um, some of the deepest pains and woundings Mm, I love that. I think for me, like there are so many questions that I want to ask you after reading your book, but the one thing, and it's going to sound so silly, but the one thing that I I thought from like page one, and I wanted to find out from you is how do you remember so much of your life? Because I'm like, I don't remember anything until I was probably like 18 years old. And your book is literally that whole period before that. 
So, I mean, I don't know if you have some crazy special memory, but I was, I just wanted to be having the privilege to be able to ask the author of a book that I've read, how did you remember a lot of the stuff that you wrote about? Um, you know, a lot of it was doing visioning and doing healing work um, throughout my life and having, being able to go back uh, through hypnosis or go back through to those memories, as well as I do have an elephant's memory, what I call an elephant's memory. So it's just there. It's, I do remember a lot. I think my mother talked to me a lot about my life and um, growing up. And I would talk to a lot of uh, older people, um, elders, if you will, and uh, people in my community who would sort of help me through my challenges. And I think talking about my life over and over and getting through all the, the different um, issues and challenges and pain uh, that I was experiencing as a child, it helped me so much to, to actually go back and remember. Um, and then, yes, I, I, I also did research and from various people who are in part of the book and you know, asked them, did this really happen? Did you remember it this way? And that helped me to piece things together. Amazing. I think that's incredible because I mean, me and my sister always have so many fights. We have memories of like similar things, but completely different memories. And we both like, you don't remember it right. And I'm like, you don't remember it right. So it's amazing that you had a community of people that you could go back to and ask. And that obviously like doing the, you said hip, um, no, no, stuff like yeah. that was also a way to do it. That's super interesting. I love that. <laughs> and like rebirthing work. So there's there's a rebirthing work that, that's done through through the breath and through somebody guiding you in visualization back to that those times. And so I, I was fortunate to be able to do that okay. in my teens. Hmm. I, I actually, I would love you to dive a little bit deeper into that if you wouldn't mind, because I mean, that obviously we love the woo-woo, like spiritual side of things. So... We love to learn new techniques and new tools. So if you can just take us on a little journey of how this, um, you said it was breath work, rebirthing. Yes. How exactly yeah. was that experience and how did it work? Well, I was, I was in a group. Um, it was a workshop. I think I was about 18 when I did that work. And the, the practitioner took me, us into breathing exercises, lying on our backs, um, covered up all cozy and um, so we were really comfortable and then gently led us back into the womb through her words and um, I went there and it wasn't a gentle experience it was a shock and I didn't know anything about about that um, about my life at that time I hadn't found my my adoption my adoptive parents yet and you know I was looking for them so I, I really didn't know anything and the the, the experience later was um, validated by my adoptive mother who I did finally meet and she explained what happened. And I then had that experience uh, also in the womb because I had no context uh, for what was going on um, when I was in the rebirthing experience, but I felt everything and I saw certain things. Um, I, I imagine certain things. And I guess I didn't really imagine them because they were validated. It was very real. Um, so I think that we have cellular memories and I think, well, I know we do. It's, it's scientifically proven we have cellular mem memory and I've been a massage therapist for 30 years and I've seen clients you know, have memories of, for example, if they were hit by a car and it's still in their bodies. It's that experience is still in our bodies. So I think, um, once we process it, we go through it, and that's what the rebirthing is about, mm -hmm. is going back to the womb, processing your, your initial uh, feelings and impressions as a, as a baby in the womb. Um, some of us have had trauma. Some of us have had a wonderful experience there. And it's, it's, so it's just processing that is really a good thing, um, a very healing thing for us mm -hmm. to do. So I loved the I loved the experience, even though it was kind of for me it was a traumatic the the trauma in the womb was definitely there, but then we kind of she processed us out of it 
um, so we could come out and be ourselves again mm -hmm. in the world. Mm -hmm. But I always then had this question in my mind, what was that all about until I did find out. That's incredible. As far back as rebirthing like, from the womb, it's just like blowing my mind. I mean, yeah. I know so many different things that people do to work through traumas, but like going back into the womb, I think is something that's probably really overlooked because coming into the world, it can be, like you say, really positive or some people can have really traumatic experiences and to not know what had happened in order to like move on from it is really difficult. So I, my mind is literally like... Blood. Yeah. I can't. It's crazy. The fact that you go back. I mean, I've just had my baby, so I know, like, as a mother, what that experience like for me. Yes. But so just like begin to imagine how crazy the experience was for her, and how much trauma and things that she must be holding on to, or will hold on to for the future. Um, you've just given me that bit of insight to be able to like relay that information to your child, which I think is also super important. That if they want to delve into that at some point in their life like it's not a bad idea it's true i i have developed a better relationship with my son um through this through this actual process and through telling him uh, what was going on while he was in my room and yeah that 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 discussion actually opened a huge um space for us to have more communion and a better relationship at, at some point we needed that when he was around 15 I think I I talked to him about it and explained to him the impressions and he he actually you know resonated with that and connected to it and ever since then we've been like so tight it's just been the most amazing that's incredible I love that you brought that up because I think so many people don't realize how much our body holds on to the trauma that we've been through and without actually going through it and processing and letting it go that trauma will just stay pent up in your body forever literally because I think also trauma can be passed down through seven generations so not only are you not healing yourself but you're passing it on to your your kids and their kids and their kids so another yeah. hmm. yeah you carry on <laughs> I think that's how um, that's that's what we all carry with us. And most of us are trying to better the experience for our children. Right. And we're trying to better our experience and break old habits of family habits or traditions or, you know, we're trying to make it better all the time and either our own lives or the lives of others, you know, our children and break those, some of the the negative, if you will, um, aspects of you know generational stuff mm. that we go through so yeah it's rebirthing is a great great thing look into it i i actually want to look into it now more because you guys have brought it up i haven't been doing it for anyone but i think hey that might be something to do now with my clients definitely i love that um so let's dive a little bit deeper into like so your book has like a really strong underlying theme of spirituality which i absolutely love like obviously that's my vibe so i really resonated with that throughout the book but i'd just like to hear from you like how you first because i know you had during the book, you had guides and um, almost like this deeper knowing that you were being protected. When did that first occur to you? And how did you, not necessarily how did you, but did you like take that in with open arms? Did you have any resistance to it? And if not, like how did that progress over your lifetime? Hmm. That's a good question. I was just thinking back as you were saying that. Uh, well, I think, yeah, I had this imaginary friend, uh, Shine, who I called Shine, um, who came, who was very angelic. And she was there with me uh, during the time my, my parents actually divorced uh, when I was four and a half, five. And it was a tumultuous time. I speak about that in the book and how I was going through that. Um, the book is in first person, present tense. So when you're you're there, you're there with my inner child. You're there with me the whole way. Um, I had changed that. Originally, it was you know third person, and I was talking about it 
uh, and then I had to go back and change everything because I wanted you to really be with me in the moment and for me to be there when I'm writing as well. Um, so it's really, I'm trying to be as authentic as possible. Um, but giving the child words, you know, giving it language uh, because I couldn't speak it at the time, but I certainly felt all the things um, that are there. Um, yeah, so when Shine came in, I embraced that fully and that experience and I have never forgotten it. And she eventually went out. She was like a little guide. And then later I, you know, I leaned into that when I was in my about seven, eight and I was going through other things and I needed that. I needed a friend, I needed something, but she wasn't there anymore. So um, I would, you know, I have this great imagination. I think I, I, you know, you're born a creative or not maybe, and some people may not be born with that, but they, they develop it in their life later. Um, for me, it was there from the beginning. So I was very imaginative. I was also an only child. So I stayed alone a lot and I had imaginary friends. And I think then later when I was, you know, 10, 11, I had an experience of crossing over and um, that led me the truth. That was the, the, the final um, anchoring point, if you will, that, you know, that anchored my spirituality from then on, um, that experience. I remember that in the book. Um, and then obviously like <clears throat> the book goes up to like your early twenties and I want to know, obviously, because I don't get to read the rest of your life now, <laughs> how has your spirituality developed since then? And like, what processes have you taken on to build on that or tools? Like, you let us know. <laughs> I'm just interested to see how it's progressed since the, the time in the book. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, for me, my spirituality, I would say, is all inclusive. It includes every every religion in the world and every, you know, and I try and, I think I, I, I'm very good at walking into any uh, sacred space, you know, churches or, you know, synagogues or Sikhs, uh, you know, temples um, and being very comfortable and being very welcomed by everyone in those spaces. And I think it's because they, they can relate somehow and, uh, I also developed a gift that I had, which was healing hands. Um, I was given that gift, I believe, from the time when I crossed over. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I developed that and just doing massage therapy and healing others um, really helped me to connect to, to the healing aspects of, the, of spirit and how that can come through us into somebody else. And um, and that how my my will and my focus when I'm doing the healing or when I'm when I'm coaching somebody, for example, um, if I'm very present and very um, centered, then the healing comes through. And so I think it just was kind of a natural progression for me. I didn't seek out any one way. However, I have you know I've read a lot of books and I've I've. Um, taken some of the, the, the tools from those uh, teachers and of course watching podcasts and watching others you know speak I love I love um, Muji I love Muji's way I love you know Eckhart Tolle and there's a few but I don't I think for me it's really about my own spirituality and and teaching what I have and so I, I haven't really anchored to one uh, particular uh, spiritual guru if you will mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> I, I follow my own my own <laughs> my own guru inside I love that I think it's so important for us to to obviously learn from as many people and things as we can but to take what we learn and put it into our own way of doing things because that's what makes us all unique at the end of the day anyway um, absolutely yeah. now I want to go back to this passing over experience and I mean obviously I don't want you to give away too much of the book but I feel like this is obviously just in one of the chapters because you seem to go back to this a lot when it comes to like anchoring your spirituality and also finding this gift of your healing hand so I don't know if you could like elaborate a little bit more on this experience that you had and how it did 
anchor you um because i think it'd be super interesting for our listeners to hear the story sure um so basically my my parents were atheists i had no experience before this experience of any kind of deeper um teachings or spirituality there was a little bit of you know zen buddhism that they followed or practiced in their life um but other than that they didn't you know push anything on me or or train me in anything so that's why i feel this experience is so authentic for me um i i had a you know i took myself into it literally um and when i when i crossed i saw my grandfather from my, my my adoptive mom's side and he spoke to me and the way he spoke to me it was like time disappeared time just time wasn't like we know it here it was non-linear and i could be inside of him looking at, i could be in every perspective and also everything is intertwined that's the message i really got is that everything is happening perfectly it's all in a plan and a design and every one of us and every blade of grass has a song to sing and they're all singing and it's actually harmonized in this well the, in the heavenly realm where i was uh, taken to or i ended up um, everything is is a song it's it's all you know harmony and in that i also felt mm -hmm. a greater presence i felt what we would speak of as god the divine the source um universe all of that it it was there and it wasn't there as a it didn't come as a person um one person although i believe it can come as one person to to different people and i also got a sense that this this place was vast it wasn't just what i was in a little garden and it was so beautiful it was like a gr little girl's dream garden and but there were, I could sense there were hills and mountains and seas and other places in this realm. So I then, when I came back from this experience, I knew, I knew there was God. I just knew there was God, and um, but I didn't have the context at the time to explain it. And so I just grew with it. It was inside of me after that, and no one could tell me otherwise, <laughs> literally. Um, but I, I also, because of my upbringing, I, I have not pushed this on anyone um, at all. That's been my way. And I've, yes, I've, I've, you know, gone into different churches and tried different religions out for myself to say, okay, well, maybe I need a community, maybe I need something. And those worked for a time. And then there was more, there was more to explore always. Mm -hmm. I think it's so important to realize like you have to take and okay I don't say you have to because as you say different things work for different people but if you are the way a lot of us are now in this current world I think it's so important to like you say take things from different communities or religions or whatever you want to call it and people get so strung up on the rules of how something is supposed to work that sometimes if you fall off the wagon or if you believe a little bit in something else they feel like they are bad people or that they're doing something incorrectly where if you take a little bit of something from everyone and that works for you and that's what guides your spiritual journey then that's perfectly okay i think sometimes there's so many rigid boxes or rigid lines that we have to like stay between that when you fall out of that by the wayside you feel like you are all over the place or that you don't have purpose where if you just take a little bit of everything and follow that path that's meant for you that mm -hmm. is purpose yes absolutely well said well said yeah yeah i was no, just definitely. thinking that now it's just crazy people get so stuck up on a couple things and it's it completely takes you off trail i just mm -hmm. said instead of off the trail so <laughs> It exacerbates guilt and shame and all these things which then um, really mess with our lives, you know, and I've seen it in my clients so much. And um, so that's now what I do is connect people to their heart, to their source. And, and in that heart and source is all of that expanse of the universe of God. And you, you basically know what you need to do from there. Um, so yeah that's and that's how i think i knew because i didn't really have 
uh, mentors or classes or guides, you know, uh, along the way. Yes, there were people that came in and I, I luckily, you know, I don't know if it was luck or, or guided, well, I was guided to them, but they were amazing. Like most of my, what I would call mentor friends were older, um, experienced uh, psychiatrists, psychologists, um, and they just happened to be in that sphere. I mean, <laughs> I think that's the serendipity of, of life and how, you know, when we're, we're concentrated on one thing and I was really concentrated on healing myself all the time um, and getting better and, and making my life more of a success. So that's where my focus was. Uh, I met these people just, you know, not by chance, but truly we were guided to, to be together. Mm. Synchronicities. <laughs> I want to actually touch more on your own personal healing journey because from reading your book, I feel like you had a lot more of a challenging upbringing than most people do. Um, <clears throat> like I can say that I'm blessed from the upbringing that I have. I've had not none, but very minimal types of healing that I've had to do in terms of my upbringing. So I'm just interested to know like your healing journey, like how, what, like how long it took you to get to the stage where you felt like you were healed from all the things you had been through in your past. Um, what processes you took to heal, if there were any certain types of modalities that you turned to um, in terms of doing this healing, I think it would just be interesting to, to hear that from you. Hmm. Yeah, so um, a lot of visioning. I am, I guess, visual, but also emotive. So I, I experience things through feelings, through emotions. So I, I focused on that a lot. And I, I, I guess I sought out different friends and the types of people that you know, were interested in the same sort of thing. And, you know, we talked a lot about it. And I never, um, I'm, I haven't been a closed person. I've been an open person most of my life. Um, even though one would expect me to close down, shut down, shut off men, for example, or, you know, because I had a lot of experiences with men that were not so great and, or shut off the idea of fathers, um, but I haven't. And I think remaining open was my biggest strength, my greatest strength. And it took a lot of courage for, for sure. Um, where does that courage come from? Everyone always asks me that. And, you know, I, I honestly believe I was given, I was blessed with that because I needed it. And I think we all, it's like that saying that everybody, you know, you're only given what you can handle. And, and so I think I was also given tools um, to handle this. And, and what are those tools? I mean, those tools are like literally reflection, being able to reflect accept, acknowledge, and let go of things. Um, and I think forgiveness was a big one. I, I, I train my mentees in this, and I have a, a, a camp that I, I run for underprivileged kids in Botswana um, called Teen Spirit. And I bring in forgiveness a lot into this. And I, I feel like they, they tell me, they give me feedback that that's like one of the biggest things that helps them through. Um, because even if we've had no trauma, we there's lots of things we don't forgive. And holding on to that kind of blocks our light. It blocks us moving forward. So uh, yeah, a lot of forgiveness work. Um, and I've had to do it a lot and in many different ways. So I've now figured out some of the ways that work for me. Um, it's, it's really looking at it, acknowledging it for what it is and making the choice to let it go. But and then doing that through ritual, doing it in a ritual, whatever works for you. But, you know, I have certain ones that I teach and, and, and show people. Um, yeah, so those, those aspects and compassion, having compassion, self-compassion, self-love. Yeah, understanding that you're not the only, um, you are responsible for your, your experience, but you're not the only reason for it. It's not your fault, if, if you will. I love that. Would you mind 
like telling us a little bit about the forgiveness um, rituals that you teach. Um, just because I also I agree, forgiveness is something that is so huge and so pivotal in people's success in healing and overcoming things. Because at the end of the day, when you hold on to things and won't forgive situations, at the end of the day, the only person you're really hurting is yourself. So if you could share with our listeners like an easy little technique or tool or ritual that they could follow in order to um, forgive stuff that they are holding on to that is no longer serving them, um, that would be incredible. Well, they may have heard of the Ho'oponopono. Um, you know, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you, I love you. So I've taken that into uh, group work and you could do this with, you know, an empty chair as well in front of you if you don't have a friend to do it with or somebody, or you're not in a group of people that, that would do this work, but, um, and just pretend, you know, that that chair is the person you're talking to. So what I've done is flip that whole thing around so that, because I've, I've noticed that if we are not full ourselves, we don't have gas in the tank, we, we can't give anything, we can't drive forward. Um, so we need to give to ourselves first. And so I found a way to do that by having the other person play the role of the perpetrator in your life, the one that you're not forgiving. So you could be not forgiving government. So it could be as big as that, or it could be you can't forgive your father or mother for something they did, or your brother or sister. So that other person is that, and that person says the words to you. I'm sorry for having caused you such trauma in your life. Please forgive me. I didn't know what I was doing. It was, it was I was not conscious. Um, I was not at a good level in my life. Thank you for you know, being there. Thank you for um, having the courage to go through this. And I love you. I love you for who you are, the most beautiful person. And this gives me hope. And so that's, so you get filled with that. So then it turns around the other way you forgive in your own way mm -hmm. um, it's it's very emotional it's in when it's done in a group it's extremely emotional and um you know everyone really feels it, it it's like the other person takes on that that energy and that spirit of that other one and i've had really amazing situations with the teens where one girl gave me feedback that she she had a father who was absent from her life and she did this exercise and she didn't get it and she was really angry and everybody was just crying and all happy but she was just angry furious and um eventually i took her in my arms and i said i forgive you your unforgiveness I forgive you your unforgiveness. And then she, she worked with this over the camp and eventually um, she went home and carried on. I said, you, sometimes you have to forgive every day, sometimes every hour. It's not just something that happens overnight for some people. Some people it does, right? Immediately they are able to let go and it's fine. But sometimes you may need to do this over and over. Um, so another way you can do it is just uh, have an eraser on your pencil and tap the name of the person and say, I'm sorry, um, please forgive me, thank you, I love you. And, and I use an eraser because it's meaning that I'm erasing this now. Um, so I just tap on the name and do that over and over. At first, it may seem just mundane and you're not really getting there, but eventually it will. Um, as you carry on, you'll find reasons why you're forgiving them. Um, and there will be reasons of compassion so really need compassion with yourself and with others to, to go into forgiveness. Anyway, this young lady, uh, eventually, three months later, she, we, we all got together as a group and she, we were sharing our experiences and she said, hey, um, guess what? My father called after 18 years of not, and I happened to be home. She had, uh, she's a triplet. So she had two sisters, but they were at school and her mom and her were home, the mother, and, and she picked up the phone. And this guy asked for her mother and it was her father, but she didn't know. And then the mother said, he wants to talk to you. And he asked for forgiveness there, but she'd already done the work. So she was able, because she said, I would have spat at him and swore at him and I would have 
sworn at him and I, that would be it. He would have, I had to put the phone down and he probably wouldn't have called again. But now he was trying to make up for things and he now paid for the college uh, education for all three girls and he's in their life now. And it's all because she did this work and it opened up a space for him to come in, you know, energetically, I believe. Yeah. I think it's so important, like you're saying, doing that forgiveness work allowed for that space for her father to obviously come back and they could move on from that. But also in saying that for the people that do need to do that forgiveness work, you guys, it's also important to realize that whether you want that person back in your life or not, you need that space for yourself to move forward. So you need to do that forgiveness work in order for you to be able to move forward, whether or not you want that person back in your life. It's so important for you to be able to be like, ah, completely forgive somebody. And it may seem difficult at first. It's really difficult to be able to forgive someone. Maybe the worst thing that's ever happened in the world to you, or maybe something small somebody did, but everyone has a different scale. And like you say, forgiveness can take days, weeks, months. It doesn't have to happen overnight. You may be someone who just holds on to that non-forgiveness a little mm -hmm. bit, but you will reach a point where the grass is greener, like Roxanne I always say on the other side, and you will forgive and forget. Also, to give you another little cliche, you allow yourself that space to move forward. So I love that you've made forgiveness a theme in this. It's really important. Yes, and absolutely. And what you're saying is so true. You don't need to have that person back in your life or that situation back in your life. You can uh, choose with your own boundaries to have distance from it. That's nothing to do with the forgiveness part. Um, the forgiveness is just for yourself, as you say, and, and giving yourself permission to move on. Um, I love how you <clears throat> mentioned in this whole story that because she had done the forgiveness work um, and I want to just term yeah, as this, this as like self-improvement work, because it's not only just forgiveness, but <clears throat> because she had done the work, she handled the situation so much better when she was put in the situation where her father now had contacted her. So I think it's so important as well for everyone to realize that like self-improvement work is so important for yourself, but not only for yourself, because it actually just helps you in future situations to manage yourself better, um, to manage the situations better, so that you come out on the other side feeling like you made the decisions that were best for everyone in the situation, not just like re reacting with anger or um, disappointment or whatever feelings may like bubble up in the moment. So I love that you explained that part in the story because I think it's so, so true how doing the work can really improve your life in the future. Absolutely. Yes. Mm -hmm. As it opens doors to new things, new avenues that you never would have considered before. Mm -hmm. I, I actually wanted to ask you about um, in your book, you were speaking about, I mean, I know you said earlier that you went through periods of abuse or whatever, different people in your life. And I want to know from you, if you have any advice for any of our listeners, if anyone else has gone through a similar sort of situation, I mean, received abuse in any type of way from anyone in their life, what would be your advice from your point of view, no right or wrong, to start to move forward from that and to start that forgiveness process because I know for a lot of people that forgiving somebody that's abused you is also sometimes a lot harder than forgiving somebody for something else that they might have done. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, um, I, I, it, for me, it's about acknowledging the success that you have, your successes, your small achievements and successes and the bigger ones too. And, seeing yourself as worthy of more of, of better and that's that's difficult for a lot of us in those situations um, when we're in in it we feel like nothing we feel like we're nobody we have no meaning there's nothing for us um, we are downtrodden and pushed down and um, yeah we're not worthy of better so it's really to focus on yourself uh, to empower yourself to feel that you are worthy however that might show up even if it's just affirmations every day that i am worthy i am worthy of of what i say i am and then it's about integrity and sticking to your word about that 
So if you're in a situation where you're being abused and you, it's continuously happening and you need to ask yourself, you know, well, what, what would be different if I stopped allowing this? How could I stop this? You know, and there's a point where you can empower yourself to create those boundaries and just by your word alone, just saying it to yourself that I will not accept X, Y, Z, whatever it is. And I will not accept this for my life anymore. And this is, you make a pact with yourself. This is what I'm gonna do from here on. Um, and then once you take those empowerment steps, it's easier for you to then look at the other person from the other side and see where they might be coming from and maybe they've been abused in their life maybe you know it's not to get them off of of what they've done to you um certainly not you take action against that if you can in practical ways you know calling the police or doing whatever you need to do um, to take practical action but internal action is really about empowering yourself to know that you're worthy um, of better and um, you don't have to accept this in your life and then it's beginning to forgive that person um, through those processes that you, when you're empowering yourself, that it starts to happen naturally. For some, you may actually need to focus on it and, and keep that in mind the whole way through. I love that you talk about that. It's so important for people to be able to, I know it's difficult and I'm not saying to move on, but to be, allow yourself, as you we were speaking about earlier, to allow yourself the opportunity to move forward and at the end of the day, no matter what's happened to you or what's currently happening or what will happen in your life, there is a way forward. And at the end of the day, you are at the source of your own healing. You have to allow yourself the space to be able to heal and to be able to move forward. Otherwise, that person or that situation indefinitely takes control of your life. Absolutely. And yeah, you have to be able to move forward from that. And I know it's easier said than done, but like we were speaking about you have to allow yourself that space to do the work before you even begin mm. Mm. and i think also what you said about um <clears throat> understanding the situation from the other person's perspective because like we always say there's three sides to a story your side their side and the truth <laughs> but i think every situation just recognizing that yes, what this person is doing to me isn't okay, but I must try to understand now, maybe this person's had a shitty upbringing and maybe they've been exposed to things. Maybe they didn't have um, parents who instilled good morals and values in them. Like, it's not necessarily that they're doing it out of spite. It's just maybe that they don't know any better. And I think that also can help with the forgiveness aspect of things because you're understanding um, that it's not because you're a shitty person and that's why they're doing it to you. It's actually a reflection that they, not necessarily a shitty person, but they've gone through their own crap <laughs> to have caused them to do this to other people. Yes, 100%. 100%. Mm. I love this. I think it's mm, been. Cool. I also wanted to speak to you. It's such a random question, but yeah. your. I obviously don't know as much as Rox does, like we said to you guys all earlier, <laughs> but in your book, you have your chapters that are, you said different spiritual, mm -hmm. what, did, what did you call them? Soul songs. Soul, soul songs. songs. Yes. So each chapter is its own soul song. And how, what made you think about doing that when you were writing the book? Was it something that you thought about before you wrote the book or did you decide as you were going on that that's how you wanted to do the chapters? Um, that's it was it was right in the beginning um, in fact I was nearly going to call the book song of my soul and then I saw there were too many song of my souls around <laughs> and um, and I thought no it's too cliche so but I wanted to bring the soul song into it because you know having experienced the crossing over and having experienced uh, music uh, being part of creation mm -hmm. uh I wanted to bring that in. So each each chapter is setting a mood. It's setting a mood for um, how the chapter, how you're going to feel. So for example, um, let me see if I can find one in the book. Let's see, this is how the book is laid out. Um, it's beautiful. So scene nine. This is chapter nine, basically. Scene, and I call it a scene because you know it's like a it's like a drama. Soul song. 
and then it's heraldic, adventuresome, and strong. And then, uh, under, and it's called Seven Years, Nature's Dancer. So I was seven years old. So it gives the, the context for, the, for what you're gonna read. Um, and then underneath, I have a quote, usually from some enlightened person who I you know, see as enlightened and, and or it, even, even my guides, I, I've put some of their sayings in there uh, with their names. But this one is Khalil Gibran. Uh, beauty is eternity gazing at itself in a mirror, but you are eternity and you are the mirror. So ah, that's beautiful. Then, then I was able to go into the chapters myself after titling them and actually write to match what what is what is there in the in the. Um, that's the amazing. It's literally your whole entire experience through life has shaped where you are today and uh, what you now do and. Like you were saying about your book, like your, I don't want to necessarily say your book, it's your life story. Your life story does a full circle. I think it's once again doing a full circle and you're living in like these circles of completion where yeah. to learn what you went through in order for you to be able to help someone else. And I think that can also give a lot of people hope in knowing that what you're going through may seem like the end of the world, but in the long run, you may actually be able to help somebody else with one of the experiences that you've gone through. Yes, that that was really the reason for writing writing the story. Um, other than that, it was you know I wanted to leave a legacy for my kids. I have two beautiful young adults, and um, my son is Kaidi, and my daughter is Talia, and um, they're going out in the world now. And yeah, I, I really wanted to leave the. The story of my life there for them and their children uh, one day as well but the real uh, you know I think this story is for is for so many people it's it you know my publisher was saying to me well who is this for is you know we got to market to a certain genre of people and demographic and I think it's women and children or women and uh, women, you know, and spirit, spiritual people. But I found, you know, politicians reading it, giving me feedback that, wow, you know, they looked at their life and they said, wow, this is, this is something. So it's basically for everyone. Uh, I can't say that it's, it's I'm not going to limit myself with this. So you all now need to read a copy of the book along with me. <laughs> we'll be joining everyone. I think we should all get a copy and read the book. Honestly, it was yeah. so to speak to you about yeah. it that's what it looks like it's <laughs> it's beautiful and not often do you get to speak to the author of the book so I think that's been a really big privilege I can't even speak privilege for Roxanne today to be able to speak of the author of the book and she's read the book so to be able yeah. to ask questions like Rox had that question I still remember when she started reading it and she said that she had that question she was like I really when we get to speak to her I just want to ask her like how does she remember? I still remember Rox and I were going to a boxing class and this is what she told me. And I was like, <laughs> you're already starting with the question. So being able to speak to you in person yeah. today in inverted commas has been really amazing. Mm. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I have to tell you how fun it was reading a book where I was like, I'm actually going to get to meet the author and ask her a question. <laughs> that never happens. So this has been absolutely <laughs> incredible. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and then before we end off, we always ask our guests three rapid fire questions. So we're going to shoot three questions at you. Just answer first thing that comes up into your head. No pressure, no right or wrong. Um, the first question is, what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Love yourself. Oh, love that. <laughs> yes. Um, and then on the other side, what is the worst piece of advice you've ever received? Hmm. Hey, that's a good one. I'm stumped. <laughs> what is the worst? Um, yeah, it's it's more along the lines of you can't do it, and and that's you know you're now in the adult world, <laughs> if you will, and yeah, and that gives such a, a feeling of just. I can't, I can't make it. I'll never make it. It's not going to work. I shouldn't do what my dream is, you know? Yeah. That's, 
That's a good question. I hadn't <laughs> reflected on that. I have to reflect on that a little more. <laughs> um, awesome. And then the last one is if you could um, enforce any rule or way of being in the world, what would it be? Yeah, acts of compassion, acts of love and compassion. Mm -hmm. I just, I'm so touched when I see that happening, whether it's between a person and an animal, whether it's between a person and another person, um, whether it's just, you know, random gifts to people. Um, I, it just touches me when I read those stories or I see that happening in, in live in front of me. I actually will get tears in my eyes if I see that. It's just so special. Hmm. And I think if everyone treated everyone with compassion, the world would be a completely different place. Oh, <laughs> completely, yes. Amazing. There. <laughs> That's the dream. <laughs> and oh. if our followers or listeners want to contact you or find you, what would be the easiest ways for them to do so? Okay. So my email is Thea, T H E A, at Kama. So it's T-H-E-A-K-H-A-M-A dot com. Uh, that's my email. You can contact me there or I'm also available on all social, most social media platforms like Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all is Thea Kama, um, you know, as my name. And uh, also the book is available on Amazon. It's on, on Kindle books. It's also um, uh, Kindle Unlimited. So you can read it for free if, you, if you're a Kindle Unlimited person online. Otherwise, in bookshops, it's available in Johannesburg at the moment. Um, I haven't got yet into the rest of South Africa, but I'm trying to get there, um, Durban and Cape Town. Um, so, and it's available at exclusive books in Killarney, in Bedford View, Mall of Africa and, um, and Rosebank. And it's also, it's also going to be available soon at Hyde Park, um, exclusive books. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time and for agreeing to chat to us on our podcast. It's been incredible to dive a little bit deeper into your story and what you do now and your whole journey to getting here. So thank you so much for, for sharing all of that with us. I've really enjoyed it. It's been a pleasure. And I'm also just loving you guys your questions and what you've come up with because they are so different from most of the the podcasts that i do and i love your your understanding and your element of 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 knowing i think you guys are amazing um young individuals and i really you know think you're doing a great movement here and just keep thank it up thank you that's so sweet <laughs> thank you <laughs> Incredible. Thank you so much for being with us. It was so nice to chat to you and we will see you guys all next week. Thank you so much for joining us today. We love spreading the light with our healing tribe of humans. To get to know us better, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Health and Harmony Goals or check out our website at www.health-harmony.co.za. That's health-harmony.co.za. Until next time, keep healing our world.